Today I'm sitting down with Joseph Mamone from Hashtag Basketball. Let's go balls deep. Welcome to another episode of the Balls Deep Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by fbibasketball.com. Uh, head over to the website, check out all of our content over there. I am your host, Adam King, at adamking91 on Twitter is where you can find me. Uh, we're continuing through with the uh, Analyst Interview Series. Today I've got a, another Aussie, always nice to have an Aussie, um, so we can do it at a, a normal sort of a time and not have to go wacky and line up time zones. Uh, Joseph, as I said, Mamone, but I'm going to say Mamone uh, just because it's easier from hashtag basketball. Joe, how are you, man? Mate, you you're almost sound Italian with that pronunciation on Mamone. You nailed it. <laughs> I do my best. I uh, do my very best. Joe has a new microphone for this show, so that's very exciting that we're getting to hear his new setup. Uh, puts mine to shame, so <laughs> I have to go and do some research and, and upgrade a little bit. Uh, so, Joe, I don't think we've ever been on a show together. Um, not that I'm aware of. Anyway, we might have been on something together. But um, you're obviously, as I said, you're from well, hashtag basketball, but hashtag a lot of sports. You you, you cover a lot of sports with uh, hashtag. Now, there might be a few people that are listening that aren't super familiar with what hashtag basketball is and, and what what it is exactly that you cover. So before we get into the journey, that sort of thing, do you want to just give people a bit of an idea of what what the service is that you provide? Yep. Um, I'm really bad at selling it, so I'm <laughs> doing my best. It's basically, it, it started out as just a, a website that I just started basically for myself to use. But I, just, I built tools just to help me be better at fantasy basketball. And then I started sharing it with people. It sort of got some traction. And now it's I've kept on working on it. And now it's become like a pretty pretty big website. Mm. But it's basically it's got a website with projections. Um, I do some dynasty stuff. I've made some tools on there. So there's some league tools where you can import your league. Um, there's a draft tracker, matchup planner. There's some schedule analysis. So there's it's basically my little my little corner of the internet where I just make stuff and people seem to like it and then they use it as well. So, yeah, yeah, I use it. Um, I know, I know a lot of people do use it. Um, so I guess for, for and, and for those that, I mean, most people that play fantasy basketball would be familiar with basketball monster um, and, and using that for projections. It's a similar version, similar sort of thing to that. Um, I guess if, if people are, Wondering, but with its own tweaks and its own differences, and and as you said, it was just a passion, which it is for a lot of us. Um, so for you, the first question we sort of normally talk about is how how you got to where you are now, and, and what your journey has been. Like, was was doing fantasy basketball or fantasy sports was that always on, on sort of on the cards? It was always part of the plan, or it was just something you sort of fell into a little bit later in life. Uh, well, I've been I've been playing fantasy sports, I think since 
since basically the start of uni. So I've been playing it now for, I'm showing my age now, but I've been playing for about 18 years now with this group of mates. I remember yeah. the first time I um I pitched it to my mates, I was saying, how about we, we try this fantasy thing? So Because we've all been massive NBA fans. We've all played basketball together in our younger days. So I pitched the idea to them. First year we started up, I was commissioner of it. I, as a young person, you think, you know, more than everyone else. So I tried to make a points league scoring system using every single category available. Yeah. Okay. It did not end well. We, no one knew what they were doing. I didn't know what I was doing. It sort of, people sort of lost interest halfway through it. But then the, the next season we went back to nine cat and we've stuck with it ever since. And we've been playing in the same league together for, yeah. Yeah. For a, yeah basically 18 years. So yeah. that's where my that's where my sort of obsession with fantasy started. Yeah, and then yeah, I kind of I mix my two passions because I'm a software developer in my main job. Okay, so I I build software for a living. So um, there was a point where I started doing freelance on on the side a little bit, just making websites for other people, just to sort of help pay for pay for our wedding. Which looking back. <laughs> Looking back and seeing how much we pay for our wedding, I was like, why do we spend so much on it? But it um Yeah. Yeah, you probably you probably had the same thoughts. Uh, uh look, I'm sure, you know I was sort of well, not lucky, I suppose, but for my wedding, um, so my wife had had been married previously, so had had the big wedding. So we had a fairly small wedding, which was good. We all we had at the reception was uh the, the bridal party and immediate family, so our parents and grandparents, that was it. So I think we had maybe, oh, it's, God, it's 18, 17 years ago now, uh, but I think we only had maybe 15 to 20 people at the reception. So it wasn't very expensive, which was nice. We just, we just put all the money towards a big honeymoon, so. Yeah, my wife and I occasionally just, talk about it it's like if we would have done it again we would have just done a backyard wedding and put that yeah. money towards the house or something yeah yeah i'm sure a lot of people are in that boat um so yeah so well the, the, i mean the next question is is usually what do you do outside of fantasy basketball you've already answered that um software development so that's you mentioned you went to uni so software development was that always what you were looking to get into um as an adult yeah, I as a as a kid, sort of growing up and with on the internet, it's basically what I've wanted to do for ever since I was maybe fifteen yep. year old kid. So back when um sort of back when we were at uni, they were the courses were a bit slow in in teaching modern frameworks and modern tech stuff. So all my learning is self taught. So I went to uni to do a, a commerce degree with um a marketing major so okay. almost completely different to um <laughs> what i do for a living now but it, it helps with stuff like building your own websites and mm. and knowing how to build a product and sort of how to market it and stuff like that yeah yeah and i don't think it's a, it's not uncommon i don't think for people to do something at at uni or college or whatever it is and and then go down a different path i think a few of the analysts that i've spoken to have have done that they did something i mean josh lloyd's a good example he was a pharmacist um as a as a professional and then he just had enough and so well, i'm gonna do fantasy basketball now so um yeah yeah not not super uncommon i don't think so 
when you so you obviously it and uh and that sort of thing has been a passion of yours for you said for quite a long time would you would you call yourself a gamer or not um i used to be but i kind of had to stop since i started sort of doing my website my my five-year-old daughter is a bigger gamer than me now and my wife is a bigger gamer than me now so they they call me a shame when it comes to that yeah okay yeah so so you were a gamer i'm assuming back in your your youth which um was a while ago not not as far back as me but but a while ago um any what are your what like if you look back and think what were the games you really enjoyed playing growing up would any come to mind oh mostly sports games to be honest um dead space was a a good one it's a it's a sort of a thriller um kind of game that is that is remade it so i had a bit of fun playing the remake sort of the nostalgia kicks in where you're playing games again the same game but it's nicer graphics yeah um yeah basically yeah those ones gears of war not good one to play yeah okay but sports games so as in nba 2k or like those sorts of sports games yeah i had a um yeah i was really into 2k back in the early days i had um i had a top 20 global ranking at one point oh wow um, yeah it was a grind just to keep those rankings because you have to keep on playing online against people just to to keep it up if you don't if you don't play for a week then your ranking goes down yeah okay yeah it was hard to keep up yeah, and and I, easier I suppose when you're younger. But now that, as you said, you've got you've got a job and you've got the the basketball stuff, and you've got a five year old daughter who I'm sure keeps you quite busy. Um, yeah, for me it was. I mean, if I think of when I was a gamer, I was never a gamer as such, but it was probably in the late '90s is when um, I sort of had time to play a lot of games. And for us, it was a, there was a lot of Nintendo. So a lot of Mario, um, Mario Kart, Super Smash Brothers, Mortal Kombat, those sorts of things. Um, and luckily, um, Mario never goes out of fashion, obviously. So there's a lot of new Mario games for me to play and play with my kids. Well, I don't – I play a little bit with my kids, but the the speed that they play at frustrates me. They can't play at the same level. So it's a bit annoying playing games with them. Um but I'll play alongside them. That's fine. Uh, so you're based in, you told me you're based in Geelong, which is um, for anyone who's not in Australia, that's down, let's say Melbourne. It's close to Melbourne. Um, is for, is travel something that you and your your wife and, and your daughter is, or, or even before your daughter, is, is travelling something that you're sort of passionate about or something you, you enjoy doing? Or are you more of a, uh, a homebody, someone who likes to stay um, in the confines of your own space. Yeah, we, we don't travel a whole lot. Um, okay. We're more so just sort of stay at home kind of people. Yeah. Um, the only, yeah, the only traveling sort of I've done is back in back in younger days, we you go with your group of mates just to go somewhere for a holiday, like to to like Thailand or the Gold Coast. But yeah, yeah. Don't have much yeah. of a memory of those because most of the most of those holidays you spend drunk. So <laughs> you do. That's right. Yes, and it, maybe it's a good thing. Um, and being in Geelong, I mean, for me, first thing that comes to mind is AFL. Are there 
outside of basketball, I mean, you've got, uh, if we go through the different hashtags, you've got hashtag basketball, hashtag footy, hashtag hockey, hashtag baseball, and hashtag football. So footy and football, is one of those AFL? Yeah. Yeah, one of them's um, AFL. That's sort of a newish one that sort of spun up just to see how it, how it went. Yeah. And, and yeah, so... Um, you're right, you go. I was going to say, um, yeah, my aim was to have, since hashtag basketball sort of got a fair bit of traction, I want to try and replicate that for other fantasy sports. Yeah. Just to see how that went. So, yeah, that's the idea behind all the other all the other hashtag websites. And so uh, July, uh, you're obviously AFL, you, you have to have some sort of an interest in it to, to make a website about it. So is Geelong your team or have you got another team that you follow? I go for the team that's the opposite of Geelong. I go for the Hawks. So okay. they're um for people not familiar with um with footy, it's kind of like your Lakers versus Boston. Yeah, they're just, they're really big rivals. My um my wife's a big uh, Cats fan. Most of her family oh, are Cats okay. fans. Okay. So there was um yeah a couple of the grand fi- yeah the two thousand and eight grand final was a was a fun time. Yeah, it's always um it's always fun watching watching like close prelim games together it's yeah 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 and Hawthorne, Hawthorne aren't up there at the moment um but a bit of a rebuilding phase for you guys uh whereas your yeah. wife would have been very happy last year with Geelong winning yeah she was pretty happy and um my my oh, our daughter got um converted to a Cats fan so I lost that battle ah that's a so shame I lost it to, to Cats yeah okay um so for the out of curiosity, I suppose the hashtag hashtag basketball was the first the first sport that you did. Yeah. Were what moving over and doing footy and baseball, those sorts of things. Is it is it quite easy? Like is it quite easy quite easy to replicate that once you've done it once, or is there still a ton of work that has to go? Obviously, you've got to get the the stats and projections, all that sort of stuff. But is there sort of you've got a base template now that you can work with? Yeah, I've um I built I spent a bit of time rebuilding um hashtag basketball a couple of years ago to make it so I could scale it to other websites yeah. easier. Um there is a fair bit of an overlap between stuff like your your baseball and hockey because they're category, they're mostly category based and they've also got a, a points league version. So there's yeah. a bit of overlap between those. Um NFL so um yeah NFL fantasy probably the most unique in the terms where it's purely just points basically yeah. and it's different to how they play it so like um positional rankings are a lot more important in nfl fantasy because okay. yeah so with basketball it's like positions don't really matter as much but with um yeah. hockey you have to like there's you can draft goalies that only get goalie stats yeah yeah baseball you got pitchers that are only pitcher stats yeah um, okay so there's, yeah there's a lot of similarities but then there's also a, a fair bit of differences that you need to factor in yeah so a lot of work i mean and even once it's set up there'd be a lot of maintenance that sort of thing if you had to if you have to ballpark a figure how many hours a week do you think you'd spend doing fantasy Ooh. stuff um oh, i think i i think i estimated about thousand hours a year I, I do it on so it's probably okay. about three hours a night so maybe 
yeah, I'd say about 20 hours a week. Okay. So your wife's obviously very understanding <laughs> to let you yeah, do if, that. <laughs> I could not do any of this if she wasn't on board with it or else yeah. I wouldn't have a wife anymore. <laughs> Should we go? No. Yeah. And is she is she into fantasy sports or, or sports in general? I mean, she likes you've said she goes for Geelong. Um, yeah. but would you would you call her a sports person or a sports fanatic? Uh she grew up with four older brothers, so Okay. She um yeah, she grew up in a family that are very into sports. Um one of her brothers is in our dynasty league that we've been in for a couple of years. So um I've got the family okay. on board. Oh, but, um, yeah, not too big on it. There was back in the earlier days we one season in our redraft league we tried to get our um partners and now wives involved in in our league just to see how interested they were um she went with a kardashian strategy where she drafted based on the play she knew based on relationships with the kardashians so oh god she, she took lamar and i think in the second round okay so, um yeah so she didn't want to come back the next season <laughs> no okay was it was it too fun for her no no fair enough um yeah, but I mean, look, great that she's on board. I think, and again, a majority of the analysts that I have spoken with, if if they are in a relationship, they all have very understanding partners because we wouldn't be able to do this without that um, because it, it isn't the major sort of source of income or anything for a lot of us. It's more of a, a hobby that has taken over a certain aspect of our life. Um, so you're in a dynasty league so is that the one you mentioned that you've been in for about 18 years uh so we started mostly redraft we started dynasty maybe i think eight years ago from memory okay yeah ran, ran about eight years ago and so so you've got that league going on and then do you still do redraft leagues with with those guys as well every year yeah we've noticed the, the more and more we go on people kind of lose a bit of interest in redraft because we're so okay. invested in our dynasty league yeah okay so yeah we still we still do we still do both but yep. yeah most of us are just heavily invested in our dynasty yeah dynasty okay stuff. so on the the sort of one thing that i i do talk about fantasy a little bit when i'm doing these interviews is victor Wembanyama and the the draft from well the the lottery that's that's been the draft that's upcoming um we're assuming he's going to go first pick um go to the spurs i don't i don't think there's much debate around that for from a fantasy perspective though in dynasty he's going to go number one if you've got a, a rookie draft but for if you were to look at uh well dynasty rankings um where would you have Wembenyama at the moment uh, I haven't updated my dynasty rankings to put rookies in just yet. I'm going to wait for the, the draft to happen first. But okay, he would he would probably be somewhere around about top five. It's it's unprecedented yeah. to put put a rookie that high in your, your dynasty rankings since the player hasn't played a game yet. But yeah, there's just too much there's too much going for him to to not. Yeah, and not being a sort of a, a really really good player. Yeah, his, I his, think. His, yeah, his yeah. Um, his fantasy sort of skill set and his fantasy makeup. He's he's awesome in almost every single category. Mm. So it's hard. Yeah, it's hard not to see a player with that that kind of skill set to not being 
not being like a really elite player. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think Matt Lawson's got him at three, I think, in his rankings. And and we've done a couple of dynasty mocks and he's gone at three. And I think I took him at pick two in a in a dynasty mock. And I don't know if it, if you know if it was a real league, whether I'd take him at two, but I, I just wanted him on my team, so I took him at two. Yeah. Um so looking ahead to next season redraft formats, uh two parts, I suppose. Where would you like to be getting him in a redraft league so perfect world perfect situation what sort of range would you be comfortable drafting him in but then also where do you think his adp sort of ends up like i think it's going to be higher than a lot of us are comfortable taking him but where yeah so where would you be comfortable and then where do you see his adp um I would be comfortable taking him sort of at the two three turn, but yep. he'll be he'll be gone by then. I go. <laughs> most people would draft him probably the one to two turn. Like I can see him, yeah, I can see his ADP being in like the 14, 16 yep. range. Um, yeah, I, I normally start doing my projections in in August, but. I'm a little bit worried how high he's going to come up. Like I, I got a feeling he's going to be super high in in my projection model, just because of that skill set. It's kind of like um, kind of like kind of like a hybrid of your, your Porzingis and Jaron Jackson Jr., but without sort of the the negative the negative impact. So yeah, you'll be coming out pretty high. Yeah, it's uh. It's sort of, as you said, it's sort of one of those situations where it's a bit unprecedented. We've never seen a player like this before, so it's hard to know. But I think, so my ranks, my initial ranks, which I did uh, probably a month ago, maybe three weeks ago, I had him at 30, 35. Um, And I think most analysts are sort of ideally hoping to get him as you've sort of said, anywhere from sort of <clears throat> 25 through to 35 in that range. But his ADP is not going to – it's going to be way above that. And I think yeah. – yeah, I think a lot of people are going to be taking him on the turn at the end of the first round um, and just sort of hoping for the best. Uh, but I think his floor, like just just the blocks alone, give him a pretty good fantasy floor, um, as we saw with Jaron Jackson, as we've seen with Miles Turner – Rudy Gobert, not so much this season, just gone. But but prior to that, anyone who can average over two blocks a game, shoot efficiently, is going to be top 40, top 50. I mean, Walker Kessler was a top 50 player down the stretch. Um, so I think his floor is, is pretty safe. And just that upside is so enticing that if you want him, you're going to have to reach and take him um, anywhere, yeah, from 10 to sort of 14 or 15. So it's going to be... Yeah. It's going to be interesting and, and and much higher than any other rookie has ever gone. But the only the only thing going against him, which probably not that big of a deal, because a lot of players miss games now, is he's on the Spurs. So the Spurs are load yeah. management kings. So they're not going to they're not going to push him out there and play thirty five minutes a game for the sake of it. They're going to they're going to sort of grow him, like get him more comfortable yeah. and sort of let him organically grow grow into his role so 
people like I can see people drafting him early and getting annoyed that they draft him so early at the start of the season. <laughs> yeah. But he'll um I think he'll he'll come good as the as the season comes along and sort of hit that probably early round rankings by the by the end of the season on in your per game. Yeah, and I think I mean we we know that nowadays load management rest is is just a it's a way of life when it comes to the NBA. So average games played is not 75, 73 like it used to be. It's more around the mid 60s. So mm. I don't know, figure he might miss 20 games. So he might still play 60, which is not ideal, but it's not as bad as it was sort of five years ago or six years ago. So we'll, yeah, we'll that see. Was, that was the that was the big thing. Um, doing my projections um, for last season is projecting games played and hardly, I hardly projected anyone to play more than 70 games. Yeah. I think there was maybe a uh, Carl Bridges stood out as one, like one of the few players that I had projected to play over 70. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, he's the obvious one because of his stupidly long record of games played. Um, Jokic is another one, I suppose, that most people go, oh, yeah, he'll play most games. But this year he actually missed a few. Um, mm. I don't know how many he played. I haven't got the numbers in front of me, but I'm sure he was mid-70s, low to mid-70s probably. Yeah, sounds uh, about right. Yeah. So, yeah, so look, that that's everything. We've covered it all. Um, bang on 10.30. So this this will be coming out a bit later, but we're, we're actually both about to go off and watch game three or – at least have it on in the background while we work um, <laughs> and and see if uh, Denver, any predictions for tonight's game? Uh, I'd like to see Denver win. I, do you, if they're going to win this series, I have to win this one. You'd, you'd have to think. Yeah. I think, I, um, we need Michael Porter Jr. needs to sort of pass a bit more. He's been, <laughs> he just needs to pass. It's okay to pass. So Yeah. Yeah. I think there yeah, was that. I saw a, a still shot or something on Twitter of him taking a jump shot sort of from top of the key and there were three guys just open under the basket, hit one of them. It's Jokic just standing there with no one around him. I'd be, mm. I'd be passing to him, but... Uh, yeah. They've got, they got so many shooters on their team. It's just, I know. I just, it's frustrating to watch Denver sometimes when so much ball movement and then he gets to him and he dribbles and tries to put a shot up. Yeah. We'll see. I, I hope they win as well. Um, but it's... I mean, you can't write Miami off given what we've seen over the last two months or whatever it's been. They've been defying the odds. So uh, time will tell. We'll see when this show comes out whether whether Denver did manage to get up and win it all. Um, before I let you go, um, you've said, I mean, it, you, you're not great at promoting what you do, but let people know where they can find you um, and what you've got sort of coming up over the next few months in the lead up to the season. Um, I'm probably one of the few um, people in in this space that doesn't actively use Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I looked back at my Twitter profile the other day and I actually forgot to mention hashtag basketball last season just altogether. So don't follow <laughs> don't follow my path if you're trying to get into the the fantasy industry. Um, just go to hashtag basketball.com. Basically, that's all my stuff you can find there. Um, yep. Next couple of months. I'm currently working on hashtag baseball to get it at a, at a couple of extra things on there. And then I'm going to shift to hashtag football and then start of August, I'll get back to hashtag basketball and add some more functionality on there. My aim with hashtag basketball is every off season, I want to add one really big, big feature to it. 
So um, I got to try and work out what that's going to be. It might be, it might be something in the um the AI space. The AI, AI space is growing really yeah dramatically at the moment. So I might try and tap into that. Okay, well, be exciting to see what you add. And uh, yeah, anyone go and check out uh, hashtagbasketball.com. That will do it for today's show. Uh, remember, you can check out all of our content at fbibasketball.com. Matt Lawson's got all the Dynasty stuff going on there. Uh, my player ranks are up there. And once the uh, draft is done in, in a few weeks, um, I'll be launching our regular weekly show with uh, Dr. A, and I will be co-hosting that. Um, you can follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Give us a thumbs up, subscribe to our channel. That would be great. Until next time, catch up. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.